in to Above the Rim. Welcome to Above the Rim, episode 24. Brought to you by your host, the one and only Justin, aka Just Blaze. And listeners, no special illustrious guest this week. Your boy Just is riding a solo train, solo dolo, so this episode might feel a little bit different, but still great nonetheless. I want all of y'all to make sure you go out and give Above the Room that five-star review. Follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. Trackhouse Studios, Almighty Bowler Network. So this, matter of fact, before we start, I know how it's uh, late July now. You think the NBA offseason, this is should be the slow time, the calm time, the time when nothing happens. But boy, were we in for a shocker this week. Cleveland! This is for you! The drama going on in Cleveland. The shocker towards the end of the summer, reportedly Kyrie Irving, my man Kyrie, a.k.a. Uncle Drew, asked for a trade. Apparently, he goes to the Cavaliers' front office, Dan Gilbert, or front office lack thereof, and requested a trade. You know, this is coming off three straight finals appearances. Kyrie Irving last year enjoyed his best statistical season as a pro last year a career high in points career high in assists I think had one of his highest usage rates as well but for some reason he doesn't want to play in Cleveland anymore the other day we heard him call a cast situation a peculiar place and then boom all of a sudden we hear he has trade demands apparently he went to the cast front office I think about two weeks ago or so and say he doesn't want to be here anymore. He doesn't want to play with LeBron. He wants to leave. And he also gave them preferred destinations as well. Like Kyrie. Did you not just go to the finals last year? Granted, you got beat in the finals last year. It was a more of a gentleman's sweep, five game series, if you will. But you played well. You know, you did you did what you need to do. It definitely definitely wasn't because of you as the reason why you guys lost the finals. But still, be a little bit appreciative. So as we know, he has two more guaranteed years left on his deal. Three years altogether, but two years and then an opt-out, play option. He's definitely reaped the benefits of playing with a LeBron James. With somebody playing of LeBron James stature, a signature shoe. 2K covers, he's on a new cover, 2K18. An insane amount of media attention and publicity. But still, he feels like his time is up in Cleveland. I mean, I know Cavs fans gotta be feeling real shitty right about now. Real shitty right about now. They had all the six, LeBron came back, but three years ago, three years he's been there now, they had the highest amount of success you can have in three years, other than the Golden State Warriors. Three straight finals appearances, one win, two losses. City is buzzing. Jobs are buzzing. 
the media attention that LeBron James brings to your city is back there. He said he was coming back to deliver a championship to the land. Cleveland! And he did. But I guess Kyrie Irving doesn't want to be a part of that anymore. So first, leading up to this, to where we're at now and the Cavs dysfunction, Kyrie Irving, let's, let me go over the Cavs offseason timeline of events. First, the beginning of the summer, David Griffin was let go. The Cavs GM reportedly LeBron James was disappointed. He was even throwing subs on Twitter about appreciation, saying... Griff, if no one appreciated you, just I would just, just want you to know that I did. The king let his feelings be known. After that, now the Cavs have the vacancy at the GM spot. Chauncey Billups is a prime candidate for that GM job, president of basketball operations. So they had a few weeks of deliberation. Chauncey turns down the GM job. Smart move by Chauncey, by the way. Smart move. The Cavs, Dan Gilbert. He tried to lowball my man Chauncey. He tried to pay him, I think it was four or five million dollars less than the average salary would be for a veteran at that at that position. Can't lowball him. Next, the Cavs were in hot pursuit of Paul George, PG 13, and Jimmy Butler. They were trying to get both of them before the draft. As we know, Paul George wanted out of Indiana. The Cavs were in talks to get him. I think that would have been a three-team deal with Kevin Love being sent to Denver and the Pacers receiving a couple of picks and a couple of young players from Denver and then PG-13 is a one-year rental to Cleveland and PG-13 was okay with that so the Cavs were in hot pursuit there and also they were trying to get Jimmy Butler of course we know the Bulls were trying to let Jimmy Butler go they wanted to move on from him so they were trying to get him to the Cavs as well and of course we know Kyrie Jimmy Butler they have a special friendship. Many times Jimmy Butler said he wanted to play with Kyrie. So it would have been only right. Next up, the Cavs, they made a couple of interesting, I would say, off-season moves. Um, they had an off-season move. First, what they did was sign Jose Calderon. Boy, if you don't get... Jose? I mean, granted, he got a veteran minimum deal, but that can't be your first off-season signing. That was a fail from the jump. That was a fail. Then also, they signed Jeff Green to a one-year minimal deal. That was a decent pickup. An average pickup. I mean, Jeff Green, as we know, he doesn't move the needle anymore like we thought he would. He's just simply an average player, but he's a nice pickup coming off your bench, a nice versatile piece. So I'm not necessarily mad at it there. He got him for the Vets minimum, so that's an okay signing. Then after that, what do they do? They go re-sign Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver. I think they gave him a three-year... I think it was a $30 million deal. Something something around there. Which is not really bad, but, I mean, you can't present that to LeBron James if you want him to stay. You know there's potential of him leaving soon. You can't present to him Kyle Korver as one of your main signings as the offseason. That's not enough to keep LeBron. So because of this, it was reported that LeBron James was frustrated with the Cavs' offseason moves. He wasn't necessarily happy. He wasn't jumping out of his seat. He heard those offseason signings, and they were a bit mediocre. So then after that, we hear that my man D. Rose is in serious talks with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He had two options. He had the Cavs, or he had 
the Lakers as well. And the Cavs seem to be in serious talks. Matter of fact, now he actually signed that one-year deal. I heard that one-year deal that D-Rose signed. I got a little hype. I'm like, okay. And seem uh, the reporters out as well that the Cavs already started talking to D-Rose before they knew about the Kyrie Irving trade. And they wanted to sign him in addition to Kyrie. So that might be a nice insurance policy in the since we know Kyrie now has to depart. So after that, reportedly Kyrie goes into the Cavs office and requests a trade. He's tired of it. He, and he gave them four teams, I believe, as it, as it seems his preferred destinations. Got the Spurs. He got the Knicks. The stink of Nick. He got the Miami Heat. And he also has the Minnesota Timberwolves. And reportedly LeBron wanted no parts of getting involved in Kyrie's trade discussions. So he wanted no parts. And then right after that, the Cavs promote assistant GM uh, Kobe. I think his name is Kobe Altman now GM of the Cavs so he has an interesting task as your first job is to get rid of the second best player on the Cavs and get an adequate return now if you look at those eight offseason moves that sounds like dysfunction to me that sounds like hella dysfunction so now let's go over the reasons why Kyrie reportedly wants out of Cleveland now all these reasons are speculation I heard them some of them I'm a little iffy on some of them I'm like never know well, let's let's go let's go through of them. So probably the main reason is that Kyrie doesn't want to be Robin anymore. He's tired of playing second fiddle. He wants to be the centerpiece of a team. Whatever team he's on, he wants to be the focal point of the offense. Boy, if you don't get Kyrie, I need you to pump your brakes a little bit. I understand, you know, you wanted to spread your wings a little bit more, become more of a focal point. But think about this: it's not like he was being to do less on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Kyrie was never on a leash on the Cleveland Cavaliers. He got the ball whenever he wanted to. Granted, LeBron James dominated the ball, but that's because LeBron James is the point forward. Kyrie's main asset was to score. And Ty Lue and the Cavs organization wanted to maximize Kyrie's talent, which was his scoring ability. So next, his beef was that was mostly more game-related with LeBron, saying that he doesn't like how LeBron James dominates the ball. Now that, now that right there is a legitimate concern. Kyrie Irving thinks he's a star, and rightfully so. He is a star. He's a top-tier talent in the league, an elite player, an elite scorer. So that's fine. I could understand how he wants to showcase his facilitating abilities or maybe improve on his facilitating abilities. I could have, you know, I'm not mad at him for that. That's cool. Next, I also hear that Kyrie was a little upset that LeBron's personal friends ride on the team plane and Kyrie can't. Now, that better be false, I tell you right now, because that's petty. Now, that's petty. That's petty. Also, Kyrie wants to be treated and catered to like John Wall and like how John Wall and Damian Little are with their respective teams. How those two are the focal point of their franchises. They got the massive extensions. And the offense is predicated on their abilities. I'm iffy on that one. It's slightly legitimate. And I understand why that would be appealing. But to offset that, you're going to the finals each year. Three straight finals appearances. I thought winning was more important. Also... Kyrie wasn't pleased about the firing of GM David Griffin 
who was a big advocate for him. A big advocate for him. He never wanted to include Kyrie Irving in any trade talks. He was a big supporter of Kyrie and what he gave to the organization. We know David Griffin drafted him as a number one overall pick as well. Stuck with him throughout his injury history. So he grew to have a great relationship with David Griffin. So that was also a factor in Kyrie wanting out. Also, we're hearing as well that Kyrie wasn't told he was being shopped, shopped in trades for Paul George and Jimmy Butler. And when he did find out that some of the trades he was a part of it, that was basically the last straw for him. And then he really wanted out. And then apparently he asked for a trade before the draft to play with his boy Jimmy Butler. So, those are, I mean, these are interesting reasons, to say the least. I don't know if I agree with all of them. I think they're a little bit immature, in my opinion. Like, those reasons are a little bit petty. I can see you have a legitimate gripe about LeBron dominating the ball. The offense is predicated on LeBron James' talent, but that's because it's LeBron James. How many players in the NBA can you say they do that for? That no matter what team LeBron James goes, he's such a dynamic force and he impacts the game on so many levels in so many ways, you have no choice but to run the offense through LeBron James. But let's not act like LeBron James is a selfish star. He's very unselfish on the court. He lets Kyrie go. I never see him hold Kyrie back for the most part. But I can understand why Kyrie would want a more improved role, I guess. I don't even know how you can call it an improved role. A marginally improved role. He basically just wants to be the number one option on a team. So now we ask the question, should LeBron be tight? LeBron James? The king should be a tight a little bit, in my opinion. You're so, so according to Stephen A., Kyrie, Ir- Kyrie Irving's camp has reason to believe that LeBron may have been behind the trade leak that Kyrie Irving and Cavs management met weeks ago. And they knew about Kyrie Irving's trade request, but word didn't get out until now, until recently, until a few days ago. So basically, basically they've known about this for about two weeks now. LeBron knew about this for about a week and I believe after LeBron James got a word that Kyrie Irving wanted to leave, he was upset. He was put off by it. So then his camp decided to leak it to the media, to Brian Windhorst and those guys, Ramona Shelburne and them. So, I mean, I, I, I feel like this is a lot of weird timing. Like, the timing of all of this is so weird to me. It doesn't make any sense. It's at the end of the offseason after majority of the moves have been made, which might be the hardest time to get a trade across. Money's been a little dried up because of free agency. A lot of the people, the players who have been signed, can't really be traded until December or January. So this is weird time. And I think LeBron should be a little bit tight, a little bit confused. I mean, from my view, it didn't look like he purposely belittled Kyrie in any way. I think he just viewed him as a little brother. And rightfully so. LeBron James is 33 years old, 32 years old. Kyrie Irving is 25. He just hit entering the prime of his career. So I don't see why LeBron wouldn't look at him as a little brother. Doesn't mean he necessarily belittled him. But let me say this. LeBron James is one of the most unselfish superstars on the court. But he may have a tad bit of selfishness off the court. And when I say selfish selfishness off the court, I mean... It's all about the LeBron brand. 
his image, his perception, having player empowerment, which in turn might cause Kyrie to feel a little bit lesser than it might. And and if you think about it, player empowerment it exact, is exactly what Kyrie Irving is doing right now. He's exercising his right to choose where he wants to play basketball, where he wants to go. He's not waiting until he's a free agent. He not, he's not waiting till it's about that time for him to go. He's not waiting for the writings on the wall for LeBron James because he knows LeBron James is going to be out. He knows the king LeBron is out James. in about a year or two, most likely going to La La Land playing with Lonzo Ball and the big ball away. The big ball away. Playing with the triple Bs. He want a little bit of that ball control. And that's cool. So Kyrie Irving is basically trying to beat LeBron to it. I mean, but also if you think about it, LeBron, the king has a legitimate gripe with Kyrie requesting this trade. He should be saying that Kyrie wouldn't be the playoff experience player that he is today if LeBron James wasn't there. Before LeBron James came back, Kyrie Irving was a loser. He lost many games. Let's call it what it is. He was losing. They were a sub-500 team, a lottery team. So I would say be a little bit appreciative of the success that you've gotten with the King. So let's go over some potential Kyrie Irving trade packages so far and which one I think is the best for Kyrie and which one I think is the best for Cleveland so one of his first destinations was the Miami Heat going over there with Pat Riley and those boys one of the trade packages was Goran Dragic, Wayne Ellington, Justice Winslow for Kyrie Irving and Trump oh give me a break boy if you don't get this is a terrible trade for both sides I don't think they have enough appetite. He don't have enough appetizing pieces to give Cleveland back in return to help them in win now mode. They're still in win now mode because LeBron James is still there for at least one more year. So you know when LeBron is there, it's automatic championship or bust. So they still need pieces back in return that will help them win now. So I think that's a terrible trade for both sides, and I don't see why Kyrie Irving would want to go to Miami. He could be a star there, but he wouldn't win. Next, one of his trade destinations was Minnesota. I think this won't, This has zero chance of happening. Zero chance. The, the Timberwolves have had a great offseason so far. They don't need to tamper with that. They need to start working with those young pieces and see where it can take them. And, right, and honestly, it's too hard to pull off a trade with Minnesota right now. Jeff Teague, their starting point guard, can't even be dealt to December or January. The salaries don't match at all. So that's going to be very hard to get a trade off of Minnesota. Let's go to San Antonio. They, I don't think they have enough trade pieces to give back either. LaMarcus Aldridge damn sure ain't enough. But on and even on the Spurs, Kyrie Irving won't be a leader. He won't even be the first option as it's reportedly saying that he wants to be. Kawhi Leonard, the claw, is the number one option over there in San Antonio. And they have, it's more about the culture there in San Antonio. Kyrie Irving might not fit. He loves to take those isolation shots. Pop might not play that. He might give him a little bit of leash, but how, who goes to who goes? Who knows if Kyrie would flourish to his highest potential and maximize his scoring ability over there in San Antonio? It's all about winning over there. It's not about stats. It's about none of that. It's all about winning. Next, his last trade destination. It's the New York Knicks. Boy, if you don't get... I say that to say this. 
I'm shocked he actually is choosing the Knicks, the Knickerbockers. He wanted to, he wants to rub off the stink of Nick. Kyrie Irving is okay with going to New York. And what's crazy is I actually think this is one of out of the four teams that he gave, that's actually the best trade scenario for Kyrie. Notice I said Kyrie. That's the best trade destination for him. So one of the reported deals is that Cleveland will get it will actually a three-team deal with the Phoenix Suns. Cleveland will get Eric Bledsoe, Melo. Phoenix will get their first-round pick, the Frenchman Frank Natilkina. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And a first-round pick. And the Knicks get Kyrie Irving. And they reacquire Schumpert. You got to take that L and reacquire Schumpert. But I actually think that's a great deal. I would do that if I were the Knicks. The best, and I honestly think that's the best place for Kyrie to go and shine the most, I think. It, think about it. If he goes to the Knicks right now, he's allowed to run wild over there. It'll be him teaming up with Paul Zingas, Hernan Gomez, most likely. And Kyrie Irving could get you 30 points tonight. I don't think Paul Zingas is ready to lead that team to the promised end. And think about it. He'll be an icon. He'll be a god right now in New York if Kyrie Irving came to New York. Knicks fans would love him. Because I think about, in theory... Knicks fans want to win right now, but what the Knicks fans really want is excitement. Winning brings a little excitement, and they love highlight plays. That's why they gave love to D-Rose. Pozingas also get you the highlight plays. They also give up the impression that they want a championship in New York, but really, they'll be content with just an exciting team. Knicks fans have been torn for so long, they would take anything right about now. Anything. And winning may not be Kyrie's main priority. Kyrie wants to be Uncle Drew right now. He wants to put up, put up stats. And I think the Knicks actually would be, the, would be the best team for him. And a low-key dark horse team, which I think is a win-win for both, which I think is the best trade for Cleveland and for Kyrie. One of the best for Kyrie, I should say. Second best for Kyrie. I think they should have a trade with the Charlotte Hornets. Think about this. A Kyrie Irving, Andy Monshumpert, for Campbell Walker, MKG, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and a first-round pick. I think that's a decent trade. I think this would be the best return for Cleveland and for LeBron James. Kyrie and Kemba are very similar players to me. Kemba might be a better fit with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're both scoring point guards. He has no ego. Kemba looks like he's ready to win. He's tired of being the sole only scoring option out there in Charlotte. He's tired of that. And also, Cleveland gets another great win defender and Kid Gilchrist for Golden State. Kyrie gets to be under Michael Jordan's wing. You know, he's the owner of the Bobcats, and he could run wild over there. He could go back to Uncle Drew. And Kyrie Irving and Kemba Walker are very similar. Look at the numbers from last year. Kyrie averaged 25 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 47% from the floor, 40% from 3. Kemba, 23 a game. Three rebounds, five assists, one steal, 44% from the floor, 39% from three. Those are basically identical numbers. So I think that would be a great trade for both sides. I don't think you're losing much of a drop-off from Kyrie to Kemba. So I think that's a go. And I think LeBron James would okay that deal. Kyrie would go to get will go and get to run wild over there. He'll get to run his franchise. I mean, so let me give you my thoughts on this whole crazy Kyrie fiasco. I mean, when you think about it, no parent is ideal. 
You're not always gonna get along. You don't always have to like your coworkers or your family. But sometimes you have to find the pros in the, and then just deal with them. If the pros outweigh the cons, sometimes you just have to deal with them. When I say that, the pros of this relationship with LeBron James, it may not be ideal, but the offset that you're going to the finals every year, you're getting extra media coverage, you're getting your own sneaker deals, 2K covers, that's the trade-off of dealing with a LeBron James-led team. And it's not a crime to be second fiddle to LeBron. If you're second fiddle to someone else, maybe you have a legitimate gripe. But this is LeBron James. LeBron James. This is the ambassador of the league. It's okay. And think about it. In 61 playoff minutes last year, with Kyrie on the floor, the Cavs were outscored by 30 points. Kyrie Irving has work to do. He led the team this year in shots and scoring. He held the ball longer than LeBron, honestly, in time of possession. So it's not like Kyrie Irving realistically took a step back this year. He really didn't. LeBron James let him go throughout the regular season. Listen, I love Kyrie. Best handles in the game. Best finisher in the game. But his game does have flaws. He's not a great facilitator. He's an elite scorer. But he's not necessarily a great facilitator. So that's where LeBron James came into play. And think about this. Cleveland right now holds all the cards. They necessarily don't have to trade him if they don't want. He still has two years left. So if I'm Dan Gilbert, I'm the new GM. I'm taking my time with this Kyrie Irving trade. I'm not giving him what he wants. I'm not going to rush and trade him and not get the best return I can. Come on. And think about this. Call me crazy. But if the Cavs somehow turn Kyrie into mellow, Eric Bledsoe, and a pick, that's a win for next year. I'm not going to lie. That's a win right there. Think about it. Remember, James Jones now has a major role in the Phoenix front office. So a trade can might easily be worked out. And, you know, sometimes this the new millennial generation. I'm going to put Kyrie Irving in the millennial generation. Sometimes they feel slightly entitled. You know, Kyrie Irving had a lot of early success with LeBron James coming out. And you sometimes you believe that you can make certain demands. They used to be only reserved for the elite. The only people who could request trades this far in advance is to me only a few players, a handful. LeBron, Kyrie, and maybe Kawhi, and maybe Steph. Winning just may not be as important to the new generation. Maybe winning is not as important to Kyrie as we thought it was. This might be just a little bit of an ego clash. He sees the success and the accolades that Westbrook has gotten, getting, and he wants that recognition as well. He sees himself in the same breath as a as a Steph Curry, as a Russell Westbrook, as a Chris Paul, and he wants to prove to the world he can lead the team as well. I mean, he wants to put up stats and run wild. I get it. He wants to be playground Uncle Drew. Maybe not necessarily Kyrie, the winner, as we've been seeing. So, like, it's okay. I mean, and as I said before, I don't think I'm good on Kyrie, but I'm not so high on Kyrie. I still don't think he's a franchise cornerstone player on his own. I think he's a lethal offensive weapon. But nothing more. I mean, he has to show me his he can upgrade his facilitating abilities. I don't think he can be the sole leader of a franchise and he win consistently. I still have about four or five point guards ahead of him. So, I mean, think about this, Kyrie. The grass may not always be greener on the other side. You could have just waited one more year, try to go for a title this year with LeBron, then ask to leave. I think the, the organization will be more receptive to that and be okay with trading you. Cavs have more options to trading you with LeBron James coming off the books as well, because you know he's gone. So, I mean, honestly, 
what do you think about all everything that's going on? The overall lesson here being learned is that the players still hold the power. They're making decisions for themselves and their family without taking the organization to account. And you gotta applaud that. It's a smart move for players. It's all it's all about the players right now. It's a players league as they call it. You gotta take back the control. The owners don't necessarily care about your families when they want to trade you mid-season across the U.S. They're not necessarily thinking about your family. So it's okay for Kyrie to think about himself. It's okay. I just think the timing is a little bit off. I mean, remember also when Kobe asked for a trade in 2006 and 2007? And then it never happened. He went back to training camp, the cup, the, the hoopla, the rah-rah calmed down. And then he, after that, he went to three more finals. So what I say that to say this, relationships can be mended. But maybe this one is too far gone. You never know. I, be- I-, I think ultimately he will be traded, but not to his preferred destination. If I'm the Cavs, I'm doing that Charlotte trade. I think the Cavs will trade him to wherever they want him to trade him to, and whichever gets him the best package for next year because they still, ha- still have title aspirations for this year. That's how I think it's going to go. I mean, also, uh, a, a low-key thought I was thinking is that LeBron might be trying to force Dan Gilbert to eventually sell the Cavs franchise because of all the dysfunction going on. Maybe Dan Gilbert, Dan Gilbert might get a little bit tired of it. Maybe he's had enough. And this might be the tipping point. We all know Le- LeBron James has aspirations to purchase a team. We all know he wants to do that. We all know Cleveland will be probably the best spot for him to purchase a team. So, he, listen... LeBron James, I love him, but sometimes he's a drama queen. He's a, like he's very passive aggressive, always giving sub tweets. LeBron James gotta chill out on that sometimes. It can be a little bit overwhelming at times, especially for a young player. But all in all, you can't be blamed. You can't blame Kyrie for wanting to play what he wants. I fully understand this frustration with not wanting to pick up the pieces after LeBron leaves. But still, it could be worse. Be careful what you wish for, Kyrie. You may not ever get back to the finals again on another team. So enjoy it while it lasts. That's my only advice to the young man. Enjoy it while it lasts. So that was a big toll. I know he's going to get traded soon, most likely before training camp. We'll see, man. That's going to be a big blockbuster trade. I'm not going to lie. So also, before, before, before I close out the episode, I got to talk a little bit about my man, J.J. Reddick. So you know JJ Reddick has a new podcast on uh, the uninterrupted brand right now. The King's brand, you know. King getting paid everywhere, man, on the uninterrupted show. And he said he he, he threw a couple shots. Threw a couple shots at the Clippers. He said he had a loss of joy, wasn't having fun playing anymore in LA. JJ. Shut your salty ass up. Yo, JJ, you're a little salty. JJ, I was a big fan of yours, but you sound a little salty right now. You're upset that Lawrence Frank and Doc Rivers didn't offer you a contract because they gave all the money to Jamal Crawford and to Austin Rivers. I don't know if I agree with all that, but Lawrence Frank basically called you this summer and told you that they're not going to bring you back. We know there was a little bit of tension on the Clippers last year. We know CP3 wasn't happy. They didn't visibly look happy. You know, but it, what I think majority of it is that the expectation just became a little bit overbearing for the Clippers. You know, I mean, but honestly, JJ, you should be the last one talking. Think about it. You got dominated this playoffs by Joe Ingles. 
Office Depot Joe, as I call him. Office Depot Joe dominated. AJJ only averaged nine points in the playoffs, I believe. So that was a mediocre performance from you. You're, for, you're, you're the fourth option. I understand your frustrations. You went and chased the money. You went to Cleveland. Don't talk about the Clippers no more. It's all good. Just say you wanted to move on to bigger and better things. You wanted to start a new chapter in your life. You don't hear CB3 talking bad about the Clippers. Nothing but respect. Nothing but professionalism. Come on, man. Also, big shout out to my man. To my favorite player of all time. Jesus Shuttlesworth. Ray Allen finally had a nice clap back. Clap back to the haters and to the fans. Upsetting him for leaving Boston. Oh, it was his birthday. Big shout out. But happy birthday to you, my brother. You know? And um, he went to IG and started talking to the haters. He said, where were all of you when the Celtics tried to trade me three seasons in a row? Where was the loyalty then? And I agree. Think about that. He was in trade rumors every single year. So big shout out to Ray Ray. Giving a little clap back to the fans. Big shout out. Appreciate that, Ray. Everybody everybody who really knows me know Ray Allen is my favorite player. Got my bo- got his bobblehead on my desk with me at work every day. That's my man right there. So I appreciate him here. So yeah, so before I close out the show, I want to thank the Above the Rim supporters and my listeners for tuning in each and every week. I really appreciate y'all. And the feedback that I've been receiving from the show has been amazing. I really appreciate y'all listening and tuning in each week, each and every Tuesday. Really means a lot to me. No no joke. Anyone who knows me know I'm doing this because I love to talk sports, man. I'm not for any particular motive or agenda. I just love to talk sports, man. So big shout out to y'all. Big shout out to everyone who's been listening. Who's been riding with me each and every week. Big shout out to everyone who's been helping me out with the project. Big shout out to everyone. I really appreciate appreciate y'all. And of course, I can't get out of here. Last week, my man Baylor told me I almost had a whole episode without saying the best slogan in podcasting. So, of course, before I got to go, I have to give a weekly talk about it. And I hope y'all appreciated this episode. I know this one was a little bit different with your boy by yourself, by myself this week. But, you know, I had to do an emergency above the rim, talking about all this Kyrie fiasco, all the Kyrie trades. So once again, I appreciate everybody out there for listening. Make sure you go follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. Questions, comments, concern, email me justinlee867 at yahoo.com. Follow me on Twitter. Your questions, concerns, crossover segment choices. I saved it. I didn't do a crossover segment this week, but you know I got y'all back next week. So big shout out to y'all listening. So that's Above the Rim episode 24, and we out.